Hey there, it's Spiker. Before we start this episode, I want to forewarn you, there is an explicit word used in this episode. So if you have little ones, you might want to listen to this episode at a later time. Okay, on with the show. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Closing Pitch. My name is Spiker Helms, and this is a show about culture, people, and how to create a winning lifestyle. I'm joined by my co-host, David Berkby. How's it going? Not too bad, my man. How are you? Good, good. Um, Obviously, we are in a little bit of a pause moment here for the business where we are sitting idle. What have you been doing? I mean, I've been, uh, I guess, changing what I do on a daily basis, shifting my focus a little bit, trying to get out there, trying to to talk to our, you know, our families and make sure that they know that we're here for them in this moment. And, you know, any way we can help, we're, we're going to help. So without a doubt, I know we sent out texts to all the players. Um, I think that I'm almost tired of watching ESPN reruns and watching those games over and over again. Well, I was, I was having this conversation with my wife, and I was like, it's funny, I can watch movies just over and over and over. I know the ending. I get it. I can still watch it. I can't watch sports, though, man. That, that three-pointer that I know is coming in 20 seconds doesn't mean anything to me. I've actually um, gotten to a point where I'm back running again, and I literally can't feel my legs anymore. Because <laughs> I've gotten to a point where I'm tired of searching the Internet watching ESPN and then I started running um, and now I literally cannot feel my legs. I'm walking so I still can't feel my legs. <laughs> um, guys, today what we're going to be talking about is um, a very interesting topic, uh, something that we deal with baseball and softball all the time. It's just part of our game um, and it is your controllables and understanding that um, the what's out of your control um, is really hard to cope with. and. Um, I want Dave to kind of jump in on this from the beginning, from the start. He has um, our controllable sheet up, but um, this is going to really apply to business. It's going to apply to projects. Um, it just it's, it's in a very wide range because if you get into a space where um, you are worried about the uncontrollables, you get into a very quick negative space, and we're all at fault for it. It's, it's hard. It is really, really hard. That's why I love baseball and softball because it really teaches you how to um, cope with that. So, um, Dave, go ahead. Go go with the controllables that you have there. Well, before I even jump into this, let, let me preface why we're talking about this today. Especially now, okay, where it almost seems like, Spike, every hour, every day, I'm feeling less in control of the situation that is at hand. You know what I mean? And situations are changing all across the country, across the world at a moment's notice, right? So it's really easy for people to just feel like their lives, their situations, that they're not in control of it. And that's why I wanted to talk about this topic today, because I want, I want people to understand something that I'm trying to do, something I know you're doing, something that I, I hear a lot of really smart people who I listen to on a daily basis are trying to do, they're trying to refocus and make sure they understand that you are in control of your life and to focus on the things that you can control because it makes no sense whether you're in it, whether it's life, whether it's on the baseball field to worry about the things that absolutely have, you have no control about. Right? 
So that's why we're talking about this topic today. And I think it's a really important one for a lot of people to hear because, you know, again, it, it's a tough time. So what are the controllables that you have? Well, and these go, this is a sheet that, that's on our VIP section of our website. And this was something that we control or that we created. Um, and a lot of our coaches post this in, in the dugout. Um, just as a reminder to the players of the things that they should be worrying about during the game. And the controllables that we have, and this is just for baseball guys, is effort, attitude, focus, hustle, emotions, communication, and body language. And that goes in almost every industry that you could possibly think about. If you look at all those controllables, scroll up, scroll up. Sorry, we're looking at the computer right now. Um, you got effort. By far, if you are outworking people and you are showing an effort and you are going out there and sending emails and talking to people and really trying to figure out how to get revenue inside the business, you have a great effort. Attitude. What type of attitude are you bringing in every day? I know from a fact that for me, um, I, I mean, it's hard. It, it ranges. I go from up to down. I mean, but it can you take care of those peaks and those valleys? Can you try to um, bring those peaks and valleys to be more of a flat line? Uh, that's, that's a huge, huge thing for me. Um, and bring a positive attitude. You know how many times like doors have opened up with just having a really good attitude and smiling? It's so important. Like smiling literally fixes almost everything. You know what I was taught a long time ago? Like when you're talking on a phone to someone, especially if it's in business, do it with a smile. Your, oh, yeah. your conversation will totally change. Yeah. It's crazy how easy it that changes is. the attitude of that person yeah. too. Like you can literally change the aspect. Like when you smile, you're smiling into their soul and they can literally change yeah. right there. hundred percent focus that we have a huge problem nowadays with focus just because you have a phone in your pocket, a computer in your pocket that you have access to the whole entire world. And if you're trying to, if you're a business person, obviously you're trying to gain revenue. So where's your focus at? Are you marketing? Are you selling? Um, for players, a uh, big thing, you come into a facility and are you on your phone or are you waiting for the instructor and just sitting on your phone or are you actually put your phone away, get into the cage and try to figure out if there's open space where you can hit, throw, um, field? That's a huge aspect. I'll give you a real quick example of this because, you know, we just got through our whole big winter training season, right? And you see players come in and go, and when I, wa I watch them how they come in, okay, and, and I do see two really different types of players, and I'll just give an example of a younger type player for, for like our high school purposes, some of our freshmen. They'll come in and immediately just go to their phone. They know they're here about 10 minutes early. A group's finishing up, and I see a lot of them, their focus is on their phone. It's not baseball. It's not nothing. And then I've seen other kids who come in and actually kind of watch, Watch the older kids. How do they work? How do they go about their business? How do they, what are they doing with their swing? How are they throwing? I mean, just those small little details. You can pick something up. You never know what's going to change your career. And I don't think players realize this. And maybe, they, maybe they're taught different in school. Like, we notice when you're just sitting off to the side. And I, I would rather have a player come up to me and annoy me and like, hey, can I get in a cage here? Can I get in a cage there? Can I throw? And maybe that's kind of, maybe in school they, they, they don't really allow them to do that. And it kind of like for, comes into our play. But I, I would want someone, I would want a kid to annoy me and be like, hey, can I get in a cage here? Can I get in a cage there? A hundred percent. Like little kids are like that a lot. Like five, six-year-olds, can I throw? And you're like, no. 
can I throw? Yeah, you can throw. Like they just keep asking. Like I would, I, 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 I try not to do that to little guys. Um, when they're so excited, I try to find something where like, yeah, you can throw, but you have to throw over here or you have to yeah. hit over there. Um, I think when you get to, as we get older, we lose that aspect of, um, Hey, can I do this? Like yeah. It's always the ask. Yeah. We, get, we don't like asking. Yeah. I mean, it kind of reminds me of a quote that I've heard a long time ago. I'd rather have to try to pull back the reins on a thoroughbred than try to kickstart a mule. Right. I mean, Without that's, a that doubt. is a hundred percent as a coach Without and a as doubt. a, as a person that I'm working with and in anything, I'd rather have to do that. Um, that, that leads us into the hustle and we literally explained the hustle right there. Um, when you're, when a little kids are, are, notorious for being great hustlers. Can I do this? Can I do that? Can I have a quarter? Can I have candy? Can I have this bags of chips? Um, can you go, can you take me for a ride? Can I go on this, this roller coaster? Like they always ask, they always hustle. And, um, with, with players, it's, it's different, obviously on a baseball field. Yes. Yes. When you're training, you have to you have to give the ask, but hustling on the field means I'm going to my spot. I'm looking for the next move. I'm looking for the next push. That's what you want to do when you're hustling. Yeah, no doubt. You, all, all good on that one. You have nothing to add there? No, no. Crushed it. Um, right. Emotions. Yep. Go for it. Emotions. I mean, here's this one is really hits home to me, and I'm going to give you a story, okay, because this was me as a player, all right? I was a roller coaster of emotions. I was told by a coach that – and this was for me like in high school that when things were going well, I was probably one of the better guys around and the guy you wanted on the mound at all times when things were going well. But when things didn't go well, maybe an umpire didn't give me a call that I thought I deserved. Maybe my shortstop booted a ball and we didn't get out of the inning. Whatever it is, I spiraled so fast that he had to get the bullpen ready faster for me than any other pitcher. Any other. That it was it was like literally within minutes this game could be out of control. How does that feel like as a pitcher? Like I I never knew that as a positional player. Like when you're on the mound and then you just like see these these little bodies on the side just run down towards the mound. How does that make uh, you feel? Uh, well <laughs> not good. Like are you just like it, it it for me it always like intensified the next pitch because like I was like, Oh my god, not, this next pitch has to be really good and which is a terrible mindset, mind you, but mm -hmm. this is just for me as a player that you know i gotta fix this now or i'm out and so for me controlling emotions controlling mindset was something i really really had to work at in my career because i was that guy we call it the snowball effect okay i use this term with with players all the time if you've ever been at the top of a hill when it's snowing and there's a lot of good snow on the ground that you can make a big snowball you start and you create a really small snowball to first, at first, right? And then you start to push that snowball down the, down the hill. What does it do? It collects more snow. It gets bigger. It gets bigger. And if you're on a pretty steep hill, at some point, that snowball is going to get so big and start to roll so fast that you can't stop it. Well, that was me on the field. That one mistake or one problem would turn into two. Two turns into four. Four turns into eight. Eight turns into 16. And all of a sudden there's a big crooked number on that scoreboard and I'm sitting at the corner of the bench wondering what just happened. So you're a walking, talking snowball. Basically. Did the coach actually call you that? No, no, no. He didn't. no. It, it was, I mean, he, he just told me it, when it went bad, it went really, really bad real fast. And that's that peaks and valleys. Like, yeah. 
can I manage the peaks and valleys? Like if you're feeling good, th those are the easy days. The hard days is when you're waking up and like it's cloudy, it's rainy and like, man, I don't want to get up. I want to hit the snooze button. I mean, and, and that's to me, and eventually in my career, I did figure that out and it was a huge stepping stone for me, but I think I've, I've really tried to carry that over into my second part of my life, you know, my business life in my work life and even in my relationship with my wife. I've I've tried to stay what what would be considered even keel or just on a slow rise all the time and not let those things swing my emotions because what I've found out is that I've stayed on a path that I want to be on. Whenever I would get too negative or too positive sometimes cuz too positive at the same time like too too high on that roller coaster that can kind of make you think that you you forget about the things that you should be doing all the time to stay concurrent with your relationship, to stay concurrent with your life, with your business, right? Because you think you've got it made. You think you've figured it out. You stop learning, right? And that that's equally not as good. Well, you got that strat. Like, that's what's so great about baseball and softball. Sorry, I'm a huge advocate of this game. I just love it. But um, it's that stress. Like, in real life, uh, you have that stress moments like financial or um, relationship or so, so, like things that you cannot control and like managing that stress. That's like the separating factor. And then also the big celebrations, like how much do you celebrate, like celebrate as hard as you, you can. should. Like I love Conor McGregor's uh, um, philosophy on celebration. He's like and failure. He's like, after each fight, I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to celebrate my failures and I'm going to celebrate my victories. But the next day I'm going to be in that gym working out. Well, you hear, you hear that all the time. I heard the craziest story. What, when did Alabama win the national championship in football? Like oh two years ago? You know, I'm not really good with college football. I think it was two years ago. I mean, they seem to be in it every year. Mm -hmm. But two years ago, right? And I heard the story that Saban, Nick Saban, who's the coach of Alabama, for you guys who don't know college football, celebrated for like a couple hours, but that evening was calling recruits. <laughs> that's crazy so he had a couple beers i don't know i don't know if he drinks or not yeah. but he, like he's just celebrating and then next thing you know he's could, could you imagine people. being a high school quarterback and all of a sudden your phone's ringing and you're like hey dad uh saban's calling me they just won the national title <laughs> hello <laughs> coach why are you calling me right now i mean that's crazy but that's how attention to detail that dude is from what i understand yeah. You know what I, mean? I mean, it it's so true. Gotta gotta manage those peaks and valleys. Oh yeah. Uh, the next thing is communication, and this goes back to marketing and selling, and this goes back to and going back to individually and um, massively. So if I'm communicating correctly, you're selling yourself constantly. You have to sell and you have to market yourself, no matter if that's a one to one relationship or one to many. And players are selling, selling themselves to uh, coaches and vice versa. So um, when you're communicating, over-communicate, over-deliver, over, um, um, sometimes over-explain what, what you're trying to teach them. Um, because this is a huge thing because a lot of people don't use communication correctly. Um, there's also a timing aspect to it. There's a rhythm aspect to communication. Um, I know for, for a fact when I, when I coach, um, that's always a thing that's going through my head. How do I communicate to not only um, the players, but the parents? And then how do I communicate to the umpires? And then how do I also manage my assistant coach? 
And there's there's a lot of stress on a head coach because you're dealing with lineups, you're dealing with communication. Um, when do I pull a pitcher? Not even just talking about in-game stuff. Um, I can only imagine what a CEO does on a daily basis because that's literally um, a head coach is a CEO of his team. So I can only imagine what a CEO is doing, um, especially during this time, during the COVID-19 situation. Yeah, I mean, understanding how you communicate and what you're communicating is very important. Right. And like, <clears throat> for example, I mean, it's it's you're communicating. Let's just say for yourself, you're always communicating your vision, what you're currently what you want. Right. So like in this situation, you just mentioned COVID-19. A lot of businesses are, are shutting down for the moment. OK, including ours. And what is what is really important right now is the perspective that we are trying to put out there how we're communicating mm -hmm. because I think that's going to really, I think personally that's going to help a ton of people. And when I say over communication, I don't mean like you're using your words over communication could mean a variety of things that could be written word. That could be audio. That could be video. That could be just your body language. Um, it could be just a simple act of um, showing kindness, opening the door, doing stuff like that. Like over communication is not just words where a lot, that's where a lot of people go wrong is when someone says, oh, you need to over communicate with me. That doesn't mean send me like 5,000 emails. That means um, always keep me in, keep me in your mind. Let me know what's going on. Like whether that's just sending me an email or um, showing up when you need to show up, um, sending me a letter. Like there's various ways of communicating. I mean, if you can, if you can communicate everything in a couple sentences that you need to, that is perfect, great. If it takes a 30 minute conversation, over multiple days, great. My dad has a, um, he works for a bunch of lawyers here in St. Louis. Um, he does, um, he, how would you describe his, uh, what he does? Um, collections. He, he does collections. And he said one thing that he learned really well from um, lawyers is that you want to keep everything one to two sentences. They're over communicating, but they're keeping things one to two sentences, very pointed and very, um, very straightforward to that person um, who they're communicating with, which is really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next thing is the body language uh, that which tailors into straight into that communication. Um, body language could goes into the emotions. It goes into the hustle. Um, that's why I love putting this in the last spot because it really encompasses um, everything on this list. And you can tell if someone is um, a positive person or a negative person by just how they act. I think body language is so important. And think about it from the perspective of somebody else, not yourself, but someone else. You're always being judged. You're always being looked at. You're always kind of being picked apart by other people. And that's true whether you're on the field, whether you're in business, whether you're in just friendships, culture, whatever, okay? If you're giving off a negative body language, how do you think that affects people, Spike? A lot. It's not – you can just feel it. <laughs> you, you, you as, a, as a separate person, as another person, sometimes you slip into that – Oh, you know, negative mindset subconsciously. You don't even mean to. Well, you, I mean, there's probably people in your life that, you know, like when they walk into that door, you're like, oh, crap. Oh, yeah. Man, why is it just because, I, you know, like you try, like you're like, OK, that person's walking this way. I'm going to walk the other way. Yeah, because you don't it it, it will affect you. Mm -hmm. 
right? So I think being it doesn't mean like you're mean to them. It no. just means that you're like you're still courteous to them. But like you can just tell like when they when they send off a negative vibe, um, and I can tell that like when I have a really when I have a really good vibe going on and I and I feel really good, you can just tell that um, like people it's easier to talk to people. Um, when you have like a negative vibe, you can really tell like, um, why is everyone avoiding me? Well, I got to look at myself first. I, I kind of look at body language too, as cause I've had a lot of talks with a lot of players over the years. And when players start to talk to me about like, Hey, what are you working at in your game? And it's not the physical and it's the mental. And they're like, I'm really, really trying to control my body language out there. I'm really, really, really trying to do that for me as a coach. That's like, bingo, he's figured it out. That is a huge stepping stone. So to me, being able to control that, control how you communicate, how you, you that's body language, because whether you're talking or not, you're communicating, right? But how you control that is, is just, that, that will honestly just, it fixes a ton of things. My junior college coach always said this, that, um, and I've heard scouts say this too, uh, the the thing that I'm waiting for is when you're at your worst moment, like when you are just when everything's like, excuse me, shit hits the fan. What are you doing? I heard I had a, a story, a scouting story from a couple of years ago. A um, a coach was coming out to watch one of our outfielders. He was having a really good year. They were very very interested, very close to offering a scholarship. And first game he came out to watch him, the dude went, you know, like three for four, had a great game, went off. Mm-hmm. Next game he came out to, I think it was like another two for three, triple, whatever, went off. Same thing the third game. And I kind of asked the coach, I was like, what else do you need to see? Like, <laughs> I was like, and then I tried to say it lightly or politely. I didn't, I didn't go after him like that, but I was like, so, you know, he had a couple good games there. That swing's looking pretty good. Um, and he's like, honestly, Burke, I want to see him fail. I want to see him go 0 for 4. And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. They wanted to see how he would react going 0 for 4, facing a little adversity. Would he become a bad teammate all of a sudden? Would he become an eye guy? Would he become a guy who is not going to – not gonna is he gonna let that come into a slump or is he gonna just stop it and he's is he gonna control it situation by situation and i found that very interesting and that's so true for business too like when we're going through this COVID 19 situation and we we had like a hands-on deck type of conversation literally what was going through my mind is like all right this is what's really going to separate us like okay who's the players who are not the players Who's gonna Who's gonna jump in and do 18-hour workdays, um, and who's not gonna do 18-hour workdays? That's a crazy number. More like 15-hour workdays, and really plugging in and, and going to town. Cause like, right now, not a good situation. Very stressful. I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, it, it's kind of scary. Well, sure. But that this is really going to define a lot of businesses right now. Well, and going back to this, I know what I can't control. And I know what I can. I can control me. I can control my work ethic. I can control my creativity because that's being challenged really heavily right now because you're limited. And I I, I just know I can control that. So that's where I'm going to put my focus. And if I choose to let the situation control me, then more times than not, and I'm sure you're seeing this out there, 
I'm probably not going to do a whole lot. I'm probably going to have that. I say this all the time. I got it from, from the guy I coach was that woe is me mentality that the world's out to get me, that everybody's out to get me, that, that, you know, I can't win. And the honest answer is you can win. You create your own luck. You mm-hmm. said it in, in an episode a couple times ago, that is so true. And that's where I'm choosing making a conscious choice to put my focus. And the restaurants, like I went into a local ramen restaurant um, last night. Mm-hmm. We got tired of cooking in and um, we took the gamble. We rolled the we're, dice. We're doing said, that tonight. Yep, we're, do, we're doing that tonight. We're going to roll the yeah. dice here, babe. Um, but when I went into that ramen place, it was like a normal day for them. Like they were as happy as could be. And I've been in other restaurants where that wasn't the case. It was like you could tell there was like people freaking out. And what's really interesting is that this ramen place is one of the most successful ramen places here in St. Louis. And you can just tell because of the owner, the owners in there hustling right now, Mm -hmm. getting orders, trying to figure out. And like, they were the only restaurant in that plaza that had, they wrote all over their windows, call, we'll, we'll deliver, we'll do anything. Just give us your business. And I tipped them 20%. Yep. Because... I respect what they're doing. They're, they changed their mindset. They're controlling what they can control. They can't control the, the economic climate. There's no way they can't, they can't control the virus, but what they can control is let's, let's make the best ramen we possibly can. And we are going to deliver tenfold to these customers. Well, they're controlling the seven things that we talked about today. Just to review those, that is effort, attitude, focus, hustle, emotions, communication, and body language. Yep. You just said it. You just said all seven of those things in that one example. And that's why those guys are going to win. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Guys, um, the resolution on this is a frame of mind. Curve your mindset um, and spend your time focusing on what you can control. Um, again, uh, I want to reiterate that we are in a facility. So what we, what we do is we film and record here in our in our facility, uh, which is a factory type setting. So if you hear any buzzes um, or different sounds, you're like, what is that? Um, it's because it's the uh, our neighbors working hard. Yep. So, um, Dave, what is your closing pitch on this topic right here? I'll keep it short. It's real simple. Always, This is something you're going to have to remind yourself because I have to on a daily basis as well. Remind yourself to worry about the things that you can control. Try to not let your focus, your attention, be on things that are way outside of your realm of control. It will never do you any good. It will only create negative thoughts, negative emotions. It is just not a good plan, guys. So remember, control what you can control. Let your focus stay there. Tell yourself every day that, and you'll be all right. Um, my closing pitch is, is be a stoic. And if you don't know what stoic is, um, Google it, um, it Marcus Aurelius, uh, study, study those leaders because, um, they really put it in perspective, which is, um, you can only control what you can control. You have to be self-aware and stay within yourself. Um, you can't worry about outside forces. So if it's snowy, I don't care if it's snowing, I'm still going to go run outside. If it's raining, I'm still going to go run outside. Um, and this is for a player's perspective. Um, if it's uh, 10 mile an hour gusts, I'm still going outside. Um, you, you try to find a way to get it done. Um, so that's my closing pitch. Guys, we want to hear your closing pitch. So um, if you want to do that, please 
go on to Anchor, which is the podcasting platform that we use, which distributes our podcast. But they have a really cool feature on there, which is messages. So click the message icon when you land on our page and then send in your audio wave on this closing pitch on the controllables. Um, anything else, Dave? Nope. Guys, please do not be afraid to do that. We are welcoming communication. Yep. Even if you disagree with it, 100%. disagree with us, we will post it on this podcast. 100%. All right. Thanks, guys. See ya. Thank you for watching or listening or both to The Closing Pitch. If you'd like to get your closing pitch featured on the show, we use a podcasting app called Anchor where you can submit your statement or question via audio. Or what you can do is comment in the comment section of this post. We also accept direct messages. Please give us the A-OK if you do send us a DM to use your statement or question on the show. Last thing, please give us a review on your platform of choice five star preferably and we value your opinion and this allows us to reach more people thank you for listening and we will catch you in the next episode